San Diego First Church, so good to be with you again. My name is Matt Wilson. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at San Diego First Church. And this is our First Impressions podcast, where we take a look at the sermon text that will be preached on Sunday and just give you our first impressions of the text, kind of what sticks out, what's interesting to us, and where the sermon might end up going. Uh, I am here today with Pastor D. Pastor D, good to be with you. It's great to be with you. I'm also a pastor on staff here at the church. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yes. Uh, so we're going to be hanging out looking at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 2 through 10. In this passage, uh, as we noted in other podcasts and on last Sunday, that uh, it's a little out of order, the texts, um, but we're going to be spending our time here and love to read it for us this is out of the NRSV translation. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones... Let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, see, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you then who believe, he is precious, but for those who do not believe... The stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner and a stone that makes them stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Here is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. So, Pastor D, kind of in reading this passage, there's a lot here, uh, but what strikes you? There are a couple of things that strike me, Matt. Um, I confess that my eye is drawn quickly um, to a passage that reminds me of some portions of my spiritual journey. And that's the imagery of the spiritual house. We've been called to be a royal priesthood, yeah. um, offering sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I, um, I think I'm drawn there for a number of reasons, um, I I have often used the imagery of a house in my uh, prayer life, I'm trying to imagine um, if God makes God's dwelling place in me, what does that dwelling place look like? Um, the things that are most familiar to me are homes or houses, and so I imagine the various rooms of a house as being part of my heart's location for the Spirit of God and where the Spirit might dwell and 
where in prayer I might be invited into places, but it also speaks collectively to us that we are collectively um, the house of God. Mm, yeah. And so that then spills into the second kind of first impression for me. And that is that um, we're called to be a royal priesthood mm-hmm. with unique gifts and unique talents, kind of a different way of saying that one body but many parts. Yeah. And so in a similar way, one house, many rooms. Um, what is it that each one of us brings to this priesthood? Um, so that individually we may be something, but we are identified as part of a collective group and together it makes a home and we have talked in our faith community many many times about how we want to think and read and function with the breadth of the christian faith and we have often used the six streams of faith as a way by which to consider how we do that and one of those streams of faith is the charismatic tradition. Mm-hmm. And one of the particular emphasis of the charismatic tradition is that we are all um, participants. We're all ministers of the good news. We yeah. all bring our unique giftedness to the body. And what an important concept for all of us to know that without you, we're missing a piece. Yeah. Without me, something is not being contributed. Um but also I don't stand alone as yeah. some hero or champion. I am part of a much bigger story. Um, and I've been invited to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. So those are the first impressions that focus particularly on um, a verse. But those are what come to mind right away yeah. for me. How about you? Yeah, uh, I think I first begin with a lot of questions. Um, it's really interesting to me that he starts off this the whole passage with talking about newborns mm. and spiritual milk and then immediately turns it into like a construction metaphor. <laughs> and I'm like, it feels a little whiplash. bit like whiplash. <laughs> like, so wait, wait, what happened to the babies? <laughs> like, where, where did that metaphor go? Um, and that metaphor gets used um, certainly in some of Paul's writings. Um, so I don't think it was an uncommon metaphor. Uh, the, the child metaphor that there is a, a faith development it's necessary in following, following Christ. Um, that you're you're not immediately like, uh, if we take seriously the like born again language, mm-hmm. um, you're not immediately born again and then like doing laps, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. You're not sprinting mar- or sprinting races or running marathons, right? You, there's a development to this, um, to one's faith, and so I, I I think of that and then putting that in combination with the. The construction metaphor, I think, is is really helpful uh, and important. Certainly, to your talk of um, kind of houses and being rooms in a house and the kind of the spiritual mansions that you've led, uh, spiritual prayer mansions that you've led us through as a church and adult use and different teaching moments that you've had. Um, I also think of and something that we were just talking about off mic, um, which is the language of deconstruction. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That like um, if we think of reconstructing a, uh, our faith in the w- in the wake of new information or new ways of looking at the Bible or new, new revelations, new experiences, new experiences yeah. and going like, whoa, 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 what do we mean by this? And how does this inter- interact with my faith? 
um, this is kind of a moment where Paul is like, yeah, like there are a lot of stones and the stones get moved around. But the one stone that got rejected is actually the foundational piece here. And and that's Christ. That mm. Christ is the stone wow. in which all of the other pieces get arranged in the house. And so I, I think of that, of, of kind of people who might be going through a deconstructive season where they're asking big questions uh, of, of what faith looks like in the midst of pain or loss or transition or in the midst of new information or new experiences. Um, and going, this is amazing, but it's not like how I thought previously. And if we keep Christ as the center, Jesus as the center of that, then, then the parts get rearranged in a way that continues to, to uplift Christ. Wow. Boy, I love that, Matt. I, I think that I think that's a great framework for not being panicked when some portion of our journey does get deconstructed. Yeah. Um, it can it can be devastating. I mean, I've cried a lot of tears over things that have been torn apart. Yeah. Um, and I might add that sometimes it feels like I was stumbling and falling. Mm, yeah. But it's interesting that this passage is saying this is the stone that causes some to stumble. What stone is that? Oh, it's the most important one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so paying attention to the things that sometimes trip me up as having within them the very essence of maybe the thing I need in order to recreate, reform, reestablish, redesign, be reborn, Mm. um, into where God has taken us. Matt, I loved what you said. Mm-hmm. That was great. Thank there's you. A, there's a, not to go in another direction, but that is one thing that strikes me around the building metaphor. The other thing that's really interesting and connected to the who the book is written to, who the letter is written to, the exiles, right? Mm-hmm. The, the displaced. Um, these are probably Jewish Christians that have been moved out from Israel because of all the destruction that's taken place um, or the persecution that's taken place. And they are left wandering the diaspora, kind of wandering around, dispersed amongst kind of the Roman Empire at the time. And he he says in verse 9, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, God's people. Which there are people who don't have a land. Which in the Old Testament is like a huge part of the Jewish identity, the Israelite identity is we are chosen people by God, we get the law, and we have a land. And that has been removed. And yet Peter is affirming these followers of Jesus informed in a uh, with their Jewish faith. They're like, oh, they still constitute a holy nation, a, a people certainly without land, but a people nonetheless. And that always strikes me as uh, thinking about displaced peoples and how um, God remains honoring of them migrant peoples i mean he's talking to exiles he's talking to people without a home or mm. homeland and and he's being generous towards them and he's he's reminding them of their their identity in christ 
Um, and how often I'm challenged by how often that language needs to saturate my own language. Yeah. Well said. It reminds me as you're talking how thick Peter's letters are with ideas and concepts. And sometimes it feels like you're slogging through, Mm -hmm. um, trying to understand both Peter's language and the context in which he's writing and, and trying to find applications. And I guess my encouragement to all of those who are listening is that you would do some of this just same thing, yeah. just talking back and forth with somebody you enjoy or trust or like to interact with and, mm-hmm. and wrestle with phrases and yeah. metaphors and let them begin to unfold in you yeah. um, truths that help propel you in creative new directions. Yeah. So Matt, thanks for modeling that. It's fun to do this with you. It's always a pleasure. Good to be with you, Dean. Thanks, Matt.